Hello and welcome everyone to our 67th session of Hello Casa. My name is Michael and today I'm talking to Tamayru Mutri from Fort Myers, Florida. Tamayru is a keynote speaker, a real estate broker and CEO in four states. She has been in the real estate profession since 2004 and has a background in teaching and mortgages. She's also a member of the International Association of Real Estate Professionals. Her companies are Georgia's Best Real Estate Services, Milwaukee's Best Real Estate Services, Florida's Best Real Estate Services, and since 2019, Illinois Best Real Estate Services. She sold in one year more than 100 properties in one entire calendar year, while she was employed by another broker in Milwaukee, Wisconsin. Tamero, um, thank you so much for your time. Uh, welcome to the show. Uh, why don't you introduce yourself to our audience? Well, thank you for having me, Michael. Uh, I am very delighted to be here. Uh, I am Tamero Mutri, and I am a real estate broker in four states. I'm licensed in Georgia, Florida, Wisconsin, and Illinois. And I also have a real estate instructor's license in Wisconsin. And I enable any agents who would like to join my firm to get their real estate license. Since I am in education, this has been an added addition to my income, as well as getting people prepped and ready to become realtors. Awesome. Um, your markets are far-fetched. You are operating in four different markets. How did that start? Well, why did you decide to make it like even more difficult than it already is to be, be a normal brokerage? Well, I've always looked at myself as a pioneer, and I am an out-of-the-box broker. Mm -hmm. I like to travel, so it kind of worked well with me. I started looking at the uh, requirements to become a broker in other states and decided to expand my business and my territory, and I decided that I wanted to actually have teams under each company, and I wanted to empower people and continue with my traveling. So that was one of the reasons why I decided to branch out. And I realized that uh, there were a lot of people out of Wisconsin that had a strong uh, migration and connection to Georgia. So that's kind of where it started. And, you know, you could say I'm a crazy entrepreneur because I did open the Wisconsin and Georgia companies around the same time, like within three months of each other. <laughs> and people might call me crazy for that, but I just call it ambition. Awesome. Um, give us an overview of your main state, uh, main markets right now, like Milwaukee, for example, and Georgia. Um, what's the right now the state of real estate in those areas? You know, for right now, what we have going on, um, Milwaukee has always been a reasonable market to invest in, and one of the main reasons why Milwaukee, Wisconsin, is such a great place to invest in is because you are able to get properties at a really low price for either buying and flipping or uh, either buy and hold mm -hmm. or if you want to do financing, rent to own. There are so many strategies you can use and the numbers are much smaller there. Uh, you can buy a $30,000 house there and you can still get an income of between uh, $950 and 1200 a month on some of those single family homes. So Again, the numbers are smaller there. Uh, oftentimes when you go to other markets that have large home values, when you start trying to do flips, you end up with uh, the same amount of money, but you're spending less money. So um, I can give you an example of a young lady who decided to invest with me and she's from Texas. And she said, well, you know, Tamara, I wanted to buy 
a duplex where I am in Austin, Texas, she said, but I'm just going to be honest with you. I was pre-approved for 350000 but I don't want to spend that on one property. She said, so you've opened my eyes to make me see that I could buy about five properties with that same amount of money in Wisconsin if I, I just invest with you. And that's exactly what she did. So she did start off with buying one duplex. Um, there, the rent is six fifty in one unit and uh, five fifty in another unit. Mm-hmm. So there's two tenants there, and I believe her mortgage is only about between three fifty and four hundred a month. So she's cash flowing on that property. So she's cash flowing like three to five hundred a month, uh, cash flow positive. Absolutely. Minus interest, maybe. You just mentioned. I I just want to make sure I got that correct. You you can buy a house for forty thousand, and then you get like a rental income of around twelve thousand a year. Yes, you can. Yes, absolutely. It would depend on making sure that you have the right number of bedrooms, of course, and that's for a three bedroom home. But even at twenty five and thirty five, some of those properties are still not in the worst shape. And they may only need cosmetics. And some of the um, duplexes, multi-units that you're buying, these already come with tenants in them already. Mm -hmm. So you're walking into a turnkey situation. And there may be some kind of deferred maintenance on these properties. However, it's not enough to make a buyer want to walk away from it. They still see value in it and a good deal. And oftentimes, lots of these properties have equity in them as well. And you can turn around and pull cash out of them later on if that's what you would like to do. Why is then not everyone, like or every second one, buying properties? Um, is it because of um, lack of cash flow or c- cash which you need in order to get the mortgage? Well, to be honest with you, I see a lot of people buying in Milwaukee. You know, I just had a deal where I had, uh, the property was, I want to say, it was 159000 And when I got ready to write an offer on it, I spoke with the listing agent and she said that there were seven offers on the table. And when it was all said and done, we looked up and the price ended up being 190. So they went to multiple offers and highest and best. There are a lot of people still buying right now and they're not afraid of this coronavirus. They're still out there buying. You know, we don't need to be shaken up by what's going on. We need to look at this now as an opportunity for us to buy and invest because we will get some good deals. Some people will end up losing homes, and that's what we are as investors. It's problem solvers, so we can help people out of their situation. How, how's the situation in Georgia in uh, comparison to Milwaukee? Now, the situation in Georgia is pretty much the same thing. In fact, Georgia is one of those places that will price you out of the market. I'll, be, I'll give you a very good example because I also invest too. Um, I uh, bought a property there in Georgia in 2013 for $40,000. And now that very same property that I purchased, the after repair value on that property is between $140,000 and $160,000. No way. So what I'm trying to say to you now is the market has changed from then to now, 2013 to 2017. And at this point, with me owning that property free and clear, I can go to a lender. I can pull cash out of that property, make some repairs to it. I can sell it between 140 and 160, or I can just hold it, do Airbnb out of it, or rent it out. So what I'm saying is that market is still hot and it's still good. The only problem is for lower income people, it's a little bit difficult because 
people are being priced out of the market because there's no real affordable housing there. Uh, when I started off, those prices were really low, but now the prices are really uh, expensive, but it's still a great market. And a lot of the investors, again, are fighting over properties. And there, there's about 75 buyers for one house in Georgia. Okay. Um, I'm not sure if coronavirus is taking effect as it is in some other places, but there are people that are still buying. Got it. Um Square footage prices in in those areas. Uh, you just already gave it like gave, gave us an idea on the on the um, on the prices itself. But in general, like what can I expect on in in Milwaukee and also in Georgia? So that's glad that you asked that because the markets are extremely different in both areas. Milwaukee is a place that has a lot of older homes. They do come with more repairs and things like that, but a lot of it is cosmetic. So the square footages are going to differ in both places. What I can tell you between uh, Wisconsin and Georgia, Georgia, you get a lot more home for your money. Those homes are typically newer. They're usually built at 1980 and newer. Um, it's, it's a lot of new construction that goes on there. So you know, a lot of people are buying new construction homes. Uh, you know, if you look at a, a five-bedroom, three-bath house in Georgia, in you can expect to pay between 180 and 250 for a really decent one. But someplace else, like New York or a place where the real estate is really expensive, those same houses for 250 or 180,000 might be 600,000 someplace else. So you are still getting a good a bang for your buck in Georgia. It's just that the lower income people are kind of pushed out until they get their income up and they're, you know, kind of stuck with being renters. But as far as investors, investors are making a killing on those properties because they can rent them out to families who relocate and they're relocating at, at record numbers. Um, like I said, the, the Milwaukee people are migrating to Georgia. So that's why they're such a small a strong connection between the two places. Mm -hmm. And that's the reason why I ended up opening my brokerage there. And the beautiful thing about this is the flight prices are cheap. <laughs> and, you know, it doesn't take much for me to come back and forth because the flight is only about an hour. Mm -hmm. They stretch it out, but it's only really an hour flight. Mm -hmm. I can be there. I can get to have a flight at eight o'clock in the morning and I can be in Georgia at nine. Mm -hmm. So that the convenience is also a reason why I opened the brokerage first in uh, Georgia. Um, now you're based in Fort Myers in Florida. Um, if you compare those two markets where you are like have such a great expertise in to, to the Florida market or to, to the Fort Myers market, because I also know that, that, that we have to like make a distinction between the small micro markets within the state. Um, what's the difference? What do you see right now in Florida, which you don't see in, in Georgia and also in, in, in Wisconsin? So. What I see in Florida is a lot of new construction. That's all you see. Mm -hmm. And it's happening in Georgia too, but it seems to be happening a lot more, especially in the uh, outskirts of uh, Fort Myers, the area called Lehigh Acres, Florida, um, which we have a home there. Um, they have a lot of new construction that's going up everywhere. 
and the prices are starting to get really expensive in these areas as well. Again, not a lot of affordable housing, which is something that I'm working on myself, is to try to do some new developments where people can actually afford to buy because at this point, there is so much new construction. And of course, the ones that aren't new construction, they may need work. Um, you're still getting good deals in Florida too here. It depends on what area you, you're going in. But again, new construction seems to be uh, just killing the other places. There's just so much growth. Uh, Fort Myers is one of the fastest growing cities in the nation right now as far as Florida is concerned. Lehigh Acres is right behind it. So those are the main areas I work, but my company is based out of Sun City Center, Florida, and that's near Tampa. I have family in Tampa and in Ruskin, and I did just go over to Ruskin uh, last week and did get an accepted offer over there for $178,000, which is unheard of. Mm -hmm. It's very unheard of for you to get any properties under $200,000 that are in decent shape in Florida just because, and it also doesn't depend on areas. Um, concerning Fort Myers and also the other the other states, do you have any emerging neighborhoods where you would say you know because you just mentioned the affordable housing, which a lot of times maybe is like a little bit not that much attention put on. So do you see maybe also on neighborhoods some emerging neighborhoods where you see okay right now it's actually not like a very attractive neighborhood but it's definitely upcoming. Do you have any recommendations there? Well, I'll tell you about some very special programs that are going on in Milwaukee. Awesome. Uh, there's a lot of tax foreclosures there, maybe because people may have lost jobs in the past and they weren't able to keep up on their taxes. So the city of Milwaukee takes those properties back and there's a bulk buyer program for investors who want to buy properties in bulk. And they are eligible to buy five properties at a time. Um, and <laughs> believe it or not, the properties are only $5,000 each. What? Now, people might try to say that, you know, oh, the, this is in a war zone or whatever, but not all of these properties are in a war zone. They are in neighborhoods where people still have to go to work. Their kids still go to school there. You can really make a, a good investment on those properties. Um, I'm not sure if people are familiar with the Burr method, but these are perfect for that. They have scopes of work attached to each one of them, um, and they have specific requirements in order to be able to purchase those properties. But the typical um, a criteria is it has to be a vacant property, 5,000, the list price needs to be between 5,000 and 25,000, and you have to buy at least five. But you also have to show your renovation funds. Um, they have inspectors that come out and do scopes of work, and the scope of work is already there. So you have to show the money that you have and do some background checks and paperwork. And that's pretty much how you do a bulk buyer package deal there. And you can buy more than five, but that's just the minimum. But there's no requirement on the minimum um, renovation investment you have to put in? They have the numbers for each property. So they may have a $30,000 uh, uh, scope of work for that property. Okay. But hey, you might have a contractor, and that's the other part of this, is I've been helping investors for years, to have a one-stop shop, to pick out the properties for them that I know that would have the best value for them, 
Then we have our rehab crew come in and fix the properties for them. Then we also have the property management piece where we actually put the tenants in there, do the tenant placement, do all of the background checks, get tenants in for people who want to do buy and hold. And for anyone that wants to do a flip, if they want to have it sit on the market for a little while to see if it goes, that's our A plan. The B plan is either a rent to own or just renting it out month to month until it goes so that that mortgage can be paid if they're financed. Okay, you, you just um, brought a very good segue to your business. So um, that means you are, I go to you and you are offering exactly like the entire full service saying, you know, I would like to invest in, in such property. Can you just help me? And then you do like most of the things. Absolutely. So it's kind of a one-stop shop and we do this for all of our out-of-state investors and also in-state investors who just don't have the time to follow through with everything. So we do the project management on there and we get our crews to do the work and make sure we provide updates to any investors, whether they're international, if they're in a different state. We provide them with full information, pictures, videos, let them know that their jobs are being done and we just watch the project all the way through and as i said if they're doing buy and hold we get the places rented for them make sure that they get their rents every month so like i said it's a whole full service program and my biggest team of agents they are in wisconsin so if anybody is interested in wisconsin that's definitely a place to be since uh there's some decent deals there and we're able to make a lot of money on each one of those deals, whether they do rent to own, rent them out normally, just to a person that can afford the rent, they are gonna see huge gains and they're gonna see a great return on their investment based on what I'm telling you. Awesome, wow. Um, how was it to start your own brokerage? I think I always assume that it's like such a hassle or so much of energy you have to put in in order to start something anew and not like remain employed how was it for you when was the situation that you say you know what it's over for me right now being employed i would like to run my own business well you know when you're in the real estate field um there are some challenges out there and some of the challenges deal with you actually being treated the way you're supposed to be treated. Mm -hmm. we, we should be all treating each other with respect, but you will know when you outgrow a company. When you, when you outgrow a company, there comes a time when, you know, you, you're, you're in a place and all of your coworkers, they start becoming jealous and envious of you. And then your, your, your company... The, uh, hit. people are envious of your success and they, they start to uh, act a certain way and when certain things start coming up and you feel that you've outgrown the company that was one of the reasons why I uh, pretty much took the ball and ran with it I, I looked the other main uh, thing about this that I looked at was where all of my leads were coming from because in this business, you have to have clientele. And I looked at where all my leads were coming from. And yes, a great deal of them were coming from the company. But I also looked at my own efforts to see if I was ready to be able to go on my own. So it's not just about you being treated right as it is you looking at your, your business overall to make sure that you could sustain by being able to open your own 
brokerage and be able to still do a lot of business if you were to branch off on your own. And I don't think that a lot of people really think about that when they start wanting to go on their own. They're too busy thinking about being a boss, but they don't understand what all it takes to be a boss. So you have to make sure that your clientele is ready to go and that you have enough repeat customers that you can continue to sustain your business. Awesome. And you have made it to grow it to 25 real estate agents on your brokerage among those four, four locations. Um, how is it? Is it, isn't it like a super um, challenging to manage 25 people? I think I would be busy on my own only managing five people and then I would be exhausted at 6 p.m. and I would die. How do you do that? Well, here's the thing. People, a lot of people don't realize either that these uh, people are self-employed. So they make their own schedule and they do work when they want to work. Mm -hmm. And they're not all calling me all at one time, or they're not all texting me at one time. They're not all inboxing at one time. So, you know, I'm just there as a supervision person. I'm their broker. It's where they hang their license. But they actually themselves have to get out there and be who they are. I can't go out there and be Kasha. I can't be out there and be Clarissa. They have to take the tools that I give them and the training that I give them to go out there and get their own business. With that being said, that's why it's not so much of a problem. And yes, I am taking on a lot of new agents only because I'm a real estate instructor and that is one of my recruitment techniques to get people in. I have a teaching background, so it doesn't, I would love to teach. And the old adage is, if you love what you do, you never work a day in your life. So it doesn't bother me as much for having these agents because this is what I was called to do, which is to build these teams. And I'm working on that. I'm still working on recruitment in all four of those states. I've been so busy with these three until I haven't had much time to focus on Illinois, but it's coming. And I am getting a lot of Illinois people reaching out to me for different things. So it's coming, but Georgia, Florida, and Wisconsin, they all have me busy right now. And I am constantly being hit up on Facebook all the time. I have a real estate group called Women in Real Estate. And there are a lot of investing women in that group. So if there's any women out there that's interested in investing in real estate or want to know how to buy for the first time, Women in Real Estate is my Facebook group. I have over, I want to say over 2,400 something members right now. And I get a lot of business out of that group. Awesome. You mentioned various parts right now. Let's start um, with the managing broker um, and the um, certifications and your teacher skills. So um, what is it that you're teaching? And maybe you can walk us through quickly um, through the curriculum you're offering. So what I offer, I could be offering in-person classes, but you know, again, I'm only one person. So, mm -hmm. and I am operating virtually, by the way. I want everyone to know that I'm operating virtually. So before this pandemic, uh, my, my job and I, I'm completely mobile. I'm a mm -hmm. paperless office. I am completely remote. Um, I can work from anywhere. I um, am able to offer online real estate courses to the general public and if they need me as an instructor, reach out. They no normally never do because it's self-paced. So they're able to log in and log out. It's a 72-hour course, and they are pretty much self-paced in their way all the way through. They have six months to complete it, 
after the six months, then they are eligible to be able to sit for the state exam. And I usually have a pep talk with them when they get done because they have a 140 question um, final exam at the end of their course. They have to pass that to get their certificate to sit for the state exam. So that's pretty much how I do it. I have talked about getting in-person classes going, but obviously that's going to have to be postponed until all this pandemic stuff gets settled down and goes away. But nothing about my business really changed, Michael. One mm -hmm. of the reasons is because I've always been remote and virtual. So this is just what I do and I travel and I'm, I'm building all those things. Concerning the, the strong community in, uh, in women in real estate, um, since I'm a male, I, it's always for me hard to, let's say, put myself into the shoes of, of someone else and also the obstacles because I always think it's like sometimes it's, there are a lot of challenges which women in business face still. Um, can you, from your um, women or female perspective, give us the, your point of view on running also a business as a woman? Oh, my goodness. How funny you would ask that question. <laughs> this is a very male-dominated business. I mm -hmm. do want to say that. And, of course, we don't always get the respect that we're supposed to have. One thing about me, though, is, you know, I carry a big stick, literally. And, <laughs> I, you know, you do have to have tough skin to be in this business. Um, it, it has been extremely difficult to be a woman in this business and this profession, as well as being an investor as well, because men tend to think that women just don't know enough, and that is not true at all. I have sat down with many male counterparts, and they were amazed when I got when they got up from talking to me because I've given them so much hope, I've given them so much information. People are amazed about how much information I give them for free because I think about it like this. The more that I give to people, the, the business comes back to me tenfold. Mm -hmm. So I don't feel like I should have to always charge somebody up front for my information or for my knowledge, especially if these are new investors wanting to invest and learn with me. And another large portion of my business that I might not have mentioned is that I provide real estate loans for investors as well. So when you want to piggyback off of my, uh, my, my company and my brokerage, in all 50 states, I'm doing investor lending. I'm doing private lending, no doc lending wow. to investors, and I'm helping them with the rehab, helping them with the tenant. You, you just can't go wrong with that. So when it's all said and done, a man, you know, they, they might think that they can run over me or I might have a negative experience because they don't think I'm experienced enough. But someone who's been doing this multifaceted and in this business since 2004, they need to give me some kind of respect and say, hey, well, well this lady, she must know something because obviously I wouldn't have four companies and have people working under me if I didn't know something. So. Awesome. No, thank you so much for your comment, because honestly, like for me, it's quite alien to uh, to um, I don't like approach uh, someone because of the gender or race or any other reason uh, differently than than uh, than someone like me. I don't know. But maybe I, I me, maybe even me, I do that un uh, uh, unintentionally. You never know, you know. So it's it's good that you that you mentioned that. Um, You just mentioned that you also help on the rehab and you also, prior to our call, you mentioned that you 
also help people with their credit score. What's, what's the process there? Uh, what do you do exactly? Well, what happens is I, I normally just tell everybody to go to a website because what I don't want to do, I'm one of those ones that tries to kind of pre-approve a person before they get pre-approved. Mm -hmm. And believe it or not, it's really a good time saver. Because if I just took my clients and I just gave them over to a lender, I really don't know where they're coming from. I don't know what their situation is, their status is. Are they working? Are they on Social Security? Do they have enough income? Do they have the job sign? And are their credit scores even ready for them to even purchase? So that's my first step. I send them to a website, and that website is uh, www.creditchecktotal.com. Creditchecktotal.com is a big part of my business. They have you pay a dollar for you to go there and pull your own score. And, you know, someone jumped on one of my posts today on Facebook and, oh, well, Educators Credit Union, they'll pull it for you for free. And that's not the kind of comment that I needed at that time mm -hmm. because that's a hard pull, which is an inquiry, which could, you know, lower the score when they can pull it themselves for a dollar and they can see all of their scores and look at the credit report. So that's where I start with them. I talk to them about their credit card usage. I talk about where they should be in, in, in or and how many trade lines they should have on their credit reports that the lenders look for. And keep in mind, one of the reasons why I have so much knowledge is because I did own a mortgage company in the past. And when the market crashed back in 2005, eight era, 2005, 2008 era, I had a mortgage company at that time, so I know what it takes to get a person qualified. I know all the documents that they need. So I try to prep my people ahead of time before I have them go to the lender so that they can be ready already so that the lender doesn't have to go through so much with these people and turn it a bunch of people down who are not qualified. Awesome. Okay, great. Um, you also were keynote speaker in uh, Port St. Lucie uh, in Florida on the on the women's real estate retreat how was that how, how did that happen and how, how was the ex entire experience there well um there's there's um another real estate group i belong to a lot of real estate groups on facebook and there was a lady the group owner of a group called uh women what is it real estate ladies rock mm -hmm. that group member reached out to me she was looking for African-American um, real estate professionals who would really stand out for her first real estate retreat. And she was looking for someone to come and speak at her first event. So it was very special to me that she chose me to do something like that because she saw some press releases about me online. I have several now. There should be about three press, different press releases out there about me as I'm opening these companies and I'm serving the public and I'm helping investors, I'm into luxury housing and I'm also helping 55 and older veterans. So she looked at all that experience and she figured that I would be a good fit and the ladies were pleased. Um, she reached out to me, she paid for my, uh, my stay there at the resort because we were at a resort. Um, I believe it was a Sandpiper resort and she paid for my, my flight and my hotel stay, everything. And it was just an awesome experience overall. Awesome. Um, now, 
a little bit to the tendencies which you which you saw. You already talked a little about that before concerning coronavirus and also um, yeah, what we can expect. You said yes, it's still a good market and definitely go go and buy. What is it overall in those four, four locations right now? What would you advise someone who is considering to buy? Um, shall he or he or she? hold or should he wait or should he already consider buying maybe right now what's what's your opinion there and what can we learn from you okay so let's talk about uh, from the first time home buyer standpoint because there may be some first time home buyers out there that's listening um if you are an essential worker and you know that you're still working and you're tired of paying rent to your landlord and your rent is too much that is <laughs> that that's the determining factor right there that should push you to want to buy your own home. Mm -hmm. If you know you've been saving your money and you have the down payment, um, what's important about this now is that they're allowing you penalty free to take money out of your 401k to be able to purchase. Uh, mm -hmm. So anyone who has a 401k built up, they're losing money anyway uh, from the stock market crashing, take your money and invest it into real estate. I'm talking about real estate investors or first timers or people who need to downsize. Go ahead and get your money and buy. You should be um, doing whatever you can to invest. Um, anyone who's financing, you should. Reason being is the interest rates are extremely low. Mm -hmm. Now we may never see these types of interest rates again. So you need to get, get in the ring and, and start boxing. If you don't do it now, Eventually, when this, all this is over, the rates are not going to do anything but go right back up. Even as an investor, the, even buying as an investor, the rates are still relatively low when normally uh, interest rates are in the 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12, depending on if you're doing hard money or private money or whatever. But normally, even just investor loans with conventional lenders. Their, their rates used to be in the 7s and 8% for investors. Mm -hmm. And that's not the case right now. Mm -hmm. You got 6% and under. Some is 4.5. So anybody that is able to get in finance, they should. And anyone who has a lot of cash that they don't know what they to do with and they're tired of dealing with stocks, they should invest in real estate with it. I, um, this week I talked to Jeff. And he owns, he's a real estate investor, super interesting. And he talked about like how he started to, to acquire or to own uh, 180 properties, cash flow properties, cash flow generating properties. I assume you also um, would f advise investors to focus on cash flow positive properties. Or would you say there are also different purposes you can invest for? I'm so glad that you asked that question. You have great questions, by the way. Thank you. Um, I think that people should vary their investment strategies. No one way is, is always the best way. Uh, people who want to buy multiple properties at one time, I usually tell them to buy two or three at a time. And you can have one as a buy and hold, one as an equity property, and one that has a little bit of both. Some properties have a cash flow and an equity position. Some properties, you might only buy it because you know it has a lot of equity. There's some, they have both, you know, and one may just have the cash flow part. Sometimes um, it's best for you to, it, it really depends on what the person is trying to achieve. 
There's some people that want to do flips or want to do a rent to own to get a big chunk of cash mm -hmm. right back so that they can pay off the debt or whatever they're trying to do. Maybe other people may be looking at additional capital so that they can take that money and continue buying and acquire multiple properties. Again, that's the BRRRR method. B-R-R-R-R. -R -R -R. That is buy. That is rehab, rent, refinance it, and repeat the process all over again. And that is a strategy. And normally that strategy is taking that after repair value and you multiply that after repair value times 70% and you subtract the rehab. And that's pretty much what you should be purchasing the property for because you will be able to get your money back out of that property and some. And I can give you an example of one that I just purchased with cash. I just purchased a property in an up and coming area where you were talking about emerging areas. This is one in Milwaukee, it was a duplex. And I just purchased it not even a good month ago. I spent cash on it, paid 25,000. The as is value on it right now is 81,000. I'm gonna probably put about five to 7,000 into the property. Um, I just fixed the porch on it. I did a clean out on it and believe it or not, that was a $4,000 clean out. However, I got it done for, I want to say 15 or 1600. I'm into it for about three grand now. But if you multiply 70% times 81, I don't know who has a calculator, but I'm able to go to a private lender, pull all that cash back out. Now I have that cash back in my pocket. Once I rent the property out, it's an upper and a lower, a two-bedroom upper and lower. I'm anticipating $1,400 a month income on that house. Wow. Just that one house with those two units, the upper and the lower, two bedrooms and one bath for each unit, spacious, is right by the freeway, which is in an up-and-coming neighborhood, used to not be so great, but it's in a decent area where it's right by the freeway, where people can hop on it, go to work, go to school, and now I'm getting all that money back, what I paid for it, what I put into it, and a little extra, and this is the area that people are going into now, they're doing the burn method now more so than the flipping because guess who's paying the mortgage? The tenant. Sure. Concerning the flipping and also the rehab um, part, would you also, your company would also do the design stuff? Because I, I don't know, let's say, you know, you buy something and then you, it's not as good. And me, me, myself, I'm a very bad designer. I am a very bad interior designer. I don't know. I wouldn't even know how to give instructions and what would, uh, I wouldn't even have any ideas how, with what, what to come up with. Would you also take that over? Yes. One of the reasons is because, and that's the one thing that I really feel that women have over men. Ha, ha, ha. I feel like we're better interior designers than men because we're able to go in and eye things. We have attention to detail. We know what looks good to people. There's a lot of people out there that are staging the properties once they get done. And that also helps you to sell the property. If you set it up and you have the beds there and you put down nice flooring, like what's popular right now is that gray and that white. There's vinyl plank flooring that looks kind of like a wood-like um, uh, pattern. And they're putting the the tile down on the floors and it has a gray tone to it and then they're painting the baseboards white and then they it has a a popping gray color that's really popular today and that silver is also a uh, um, very desirable look 
today. So people are liking that gray look. Um, they're doing the carpet silver, and it's just really, really, uh, it's real popular right now. So with me doing this since 2004, there's no reason why I wouldn't be able to go in and know what needs to be done to a property and know what a tenant will like if it's a tenant. And there's a difference between doing a flip property, and there's definitely a difference in doing a rental property. So you wouldn't put a whole bunch of money into a rental property as you would a flip property. You want to put nicer things into a flip property or rent to own property because that rent to owner that gets in there, they're going to eventually buy that. So you want to put a little bit higher grade materials in a place like that. Renters, we can use, we still need to use okay products, nothing, nothing that's going to be not durable. We need to put durable products in there too and decent quality, but not as much as you would if you had a property that you were trying to flip. There's a difference. Awesome. I feel like I'm talking to the agent with which uh, Jeff is, uh, is is working because uh, he did the same. He was, uh, but you know, from the investor's uh, standpoint, because he is based in Tennessee though, but he's, he's then investing in Illinois. And then, uh, and I feel like, you know, you're right now exactly the expert on the, on the agent side. It's super interesting, especially like you are throwing out so much of information right now. I'm even having, having challenges to follow you. So it's, it's, it's super impressive to be honest. Um, Thank you. Um, concerning um, last words to share with our audience, what would you like to, to share with, with the audience, maybe other real estate agents, other investors, uh, maybe also landlords, uh, home, potential home buyers? Um, what is something you would, like to, you would like to give away? I definitely want to say keep going. Don't let this pandemic scare you. If you were looking to buy a home, you should still do that. Because when will you have your opportunity? There's nothing worse than you having some regret for things that you did not do. So if you had it on your mind to buy, still buy. Be conservative, but still buy. Landlords, things will get better for you. Uh, you just have to stay the course and just do your best to have positive communication with your tenants. Uh, listen to them and hear them out. Not everybody is not everybody is an essential worker. So, you know, just make sure that you have an, a positive communication with them and uh, work with them through their issues. Um, try to provide any assistance to your tenants if there are some available to them. There's a lot of landlords that may have been doing quite well and they are working with their tenants with their rents and things like that for people that are not able to work. Um, any um, essential workers who are still working that are afraid to buy a home right now, you still should be doing that. Investors, get ready. There are going to be some people who are going to need our help to buy these properties because they've gotten in trouble. What about the lady who, uh, you know, she ended up having to move to a different area because maybe her loved one passed away and now she can't afford a mortgage? We are problem solvers investors, so we need to get out there and help these people as much as possible. If you know you want to buy this property and you need to be able to put them in a position where they can leave and downsize, then we need to be able to do that. We are essential workers. Landlords are essential workers. Uh, essential workers who have, diff have different jobs are essential, so we all need to be working together like a team. First-time buyers, get your credit scores up. You can find me on Facebook. I have a public figure page. You can just type my name in, 
and you'll be able to reach out to me. I'm, I'm, I'm a Facebook user, avid Facebook user, so I'm on there all the time. I have no problem with you reaching out to ask questions or me helping you with anything you need to get started with. Awesome. I was about to ask you uh, how people can reach out to you. Is there anything else uh, other than Facebook you would like to uh, to share uh, concerning contact, contact details? Yes. They can email me um, at my first name dot my last name at gmail.com. And my first name is spelled T A M A I R O. There's a dot and then it's M O U. T-R-Y at gmail.com. Perfect. That is uh, the best way. Um, another telephone number I could give them uh, where they can leave a message if I don't answer is 414-949-5566. I can help anybody. Um, feel free to reach out. I'm on Facebook a lot, which is why I've mentioned Facebook. I do have Instagram. You can follow me on Instagram, and I do have some websites out there as well. I have Facebook pages for every one of my companies except Illinois right now. So I have a um, Facebook page for Georgia's Best Real Estate Services, Milwaukee's Best Real Estate Services, and uh, Florida's Best Real Estate Services. That one uh, is uh, www.showingnew.com dot com slash Tamaro sells Florida. Perfect. Okay, I'll I'll put everything in the show notes and you also are um, servicing international buyers, correct? So if someone from uh, from overseas wants to contact you then yes. it's a then, then it's a plus one. Uh, because you mentioned before that you're that you're having some international buyers, correct? Yes. One of the reasons why uh, the international people like to work with me, too, is because I have attorneys that I can connect them with that know how to put a transaction together with an international buyer, which is something that a lot of realtors are not familiar with. But I am, and as being a member of uh, International Association of Real Estate Professionals, that's part of why I got in there is to let people know that they can have confidence in working with me. Awesome. Great. Tamara, thank you so much for your time. Thank you so much for all your information. You uh, taught me again like so many things. I'm impressed, to be honest, by the markets and uh, by the opportunities there, especially like the, the positive cash flow you can get like uh, in, in Milwaukee and in Wisconsin in general and also in Georgia. Um, also concerning the emerging um, neighborhoods where you also mentioned that you, it's not only like flipping wise, but it's also like rent to buy and um, reinvesting, rehabbing. I really like your entire um, full service offering to say, you know, yeah. someone who's interested can go to you and then you take over and do everything, including the renovation and then even down to the property management. And I think it's super interesting as well that you are doing that in four different locations. And I think it uh, helps you leveraging your expertise also with your 25 real estate agents which you have under your underneath your brokerage and lastly i'm super impressed always by entrepreneurs who are starting their own brokerage who are taking this leap of faith and you know go the extra mile and have maybe i assume you know having also a lot of uh, hard times in the very beginning because you are just you know not 
employed by someone else anymore. So um, I really appreciate your time. I really was was a pleasure to talk to you. And um, very lastly, obviously, also the the women uh, aspect, the female aspect, which I think, since apparently it's still an issue, uh, we have to uh, all work together to to make it uh, to make it happen that like like we all live and force this equality um, among among all of us. Amira, thank you so much. I, I wish you all the best. I wish uh, that uh, you and your entire family is staying healthy. And uh, we we ho all hope that we can go out uh, normally again uh, along this uh, coronavirus. And uh, I also wish you happy Easter in, in Florida. Thank you very much. I appreciate you having me. I have one more comment to make. And that is for any women who want to join my Facebook group, it's called Women in Real Estate. Get on in. And the other side of this is I didn't get a chance to mention that my husband helps me with all of this. He does inspections and he has a home inspection business in Georgia. So he's also very in tune with helping all of the investors, helping all of my clients who need inspections done on any of the properties, especially the people who are far away so that they can get a professional report. Awesome. Thank you so much. Tamara, thank you so much. Have a very nice um, evening. I'm going to have a nice night here and uh, we talk soon, hopefully, and we keep in touch. Thank you. All right. Thank you. Take care. Bye-bye.